This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Here comes Sacramento. Three on one. Bagley the step. Bagley with the dunk. And you can put it in the book and send it to the left. There it is. Buddy Hill alone at the top. Of the Kings record book. Oh, I like to see Fox Force 5 in the open court. Fox into the lane. Oh, if you don't like that, you don't like Kings basketball. Welcome back to another episode of the Kings Pulse Podcast. My name is Brendan Nunez. Got Rich Ivanowski on here as we usually do. How are you doing, Rich? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, I have seen this all-star break as kind of a nice... Well, a break, you know, I, I, I'm feeling rested and recharged and ready to watch the Sacramento Kings lose some games. Hey, well, you know, the Kings got a trophy over the weekend, so you got to call it a success. The one guy out there repping Sacramento comes back with some jewelry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What did you think about his, like, onstage performance outside of the the contest like as far as the interviews and that stuff i didn't really catch it okay um there's nothing i don't think there's anything really there but it's it was interesting because he either he just isn't good on that stage at being interviewed in front of that many people or he was like weird uh and quiet but interesting i'll have to go back to that yeah it was funny um so i was actually on tv this weekend and uh oh <laughs> uh, uh, i'm so famous uh, <laughs> uh no i was on uh, marshall harris's sports sunday which is really cool of him to have uh have me on but he brought that up and his co-host brought that up in like a really weird way where they they kind of felt like it was a big deal or maybe they were trying to trying to pitch it as a conversation topic but you know, and tie it into if he's unhappy or whatever. But he was very, very quiet. My take is that he, you know, has never been on a stage that big, but but that's it. Yeah, interesting. Um, but you mentioned looking ahead to the rest of the year, and I think you kind of had a game for us to play uh, today, right? Or almost like a hypothetical situation to lay out. I don't know if it's a game. If it's a game, it's a very – depressing game that's true (laughs) (laughs) uh but what king's game isn't depressing i don't know you tell me yeah that's my answer there's nothing i don't know i i wanted to know let's start this conversation off like this um and yeah i want to give some uh credit due to some of the the guys in sacktown royalty who have been talking about this uh, it's not everyone, but it's it's been brought up, and I think most Kings fans have had this discussion at some point. But um, you know, if everything had gone right this season, 
do you think this this team is a playoff team? I mean, we we can. I don't know what your particular excuses are, but injuries are obviously one that's brought up constantly. What do you think's gone wrong, and do you think that it is a world where if it hadn't have gone wrong, this would be a playoff team? Um, I mean, yes. Looking at this eight seed and what's gone wrong, I mean, the injuries is a big one only because. It felt like each time that one of these big guys got injured with Bagley being out most of the year or Fox leaving and coming back um, and also what's the other one I'm missing here, the Rashawn Holmes one recently, each time it felt like the Kings started to form a little bit of an identity almost in a way and it's like, okay, this is how they're playing, they would take a hit on an injury. So I don't think that's enough excuse for as much as you know guys underperformed. We've talked about Buddy Heald being – um, wrongly utilized and there's totally valid points to that but you know for a little while there they had a very defensive focus when there was no no Fox even and Corey Joseph um, was doing well there Rashawn Holmes was thriving um, and obviously Harrison Barnes was good and then Fox comes back and that kind of uh, takes a little bit of adjustment time and then you know with Holmes going down they've gone with this it, they take some while to figure it out. They lose six games and then they go this like ultra small ball with Bielitsa and Barnes at the five. And that starts to work a little bit. So, I mean, the main thing to me is injuries. And like I said, they could have played better even with these, but I think that did have a decent impact. Um, and Luke really figuring out what he has. But even then, like it's this eight seed is about as high as I possibly would have put this team this year. Yeah, I think we're a little bit separated there where I don't know that I give the injuries much credit for what's happened this season. It doesn't sound like you're giving it, you know, a a ton of credit. It's not like it's a game changer necessarily, but I don't know. I mean, this team had some of its best points when guys were hurt, you know, and guys like Marvin Bagley, they feel more like they're, you know, in a development stage than a, you know, winning game stage. You bring Bagley in, I'm not necessarily sure it's going to affect the ability for the team to win by much. Maybe it helps a little bit, but it's more like it's going to help for down the road. Right, and there's only so many few pieces they have that are like that, so you really have to use that. Right, and I don't know. I just I think that this team is probably going to end up, I don't know, 33 wins or so. And I think that if everything had gone right, if everyone was healthy, maybe you're talking about more like, you know, more like what happened last season, more like 39-ish wins. But I'm not even sure that I I have like a real expectation of playoffs. Like, I I don't know. It felt like it would have had to been more than just health to, to get this team into the playoffs. Well, the one other thing is, is coaching, right? Well, it's one of the other things to be sure. Um, I mean, and, and it's some of it's weird stuff. Like, I don't know, Dwayne Dedman, the Dwayne Dedman thing was so weird. I don't know who to fault for that necessarily. I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I really don't know. I mean, I, I just think this roster as constructed this season was probably not going to make the playoffs no matter what. I didn't even predict them to make the playoffs from the beginning, but I certainly had them a lot closer but that begs the question, like, even if your best case scenario for this roster was the eight seed, is that 
is that good enough? If Bagley would have played out the whole year and you saw some sort of progression there, because like we've said, he's been the X factor. And like I mentioned with you having to play Bagley, if he were to be healthy, even if he might make you worse now, you only have Bagley and Fox that are these young guys. And these could be two cornerstone level um, talents. You know, you could get a really nice run going with these two main guys. So you would need these guys to be healthy and you would have need to see progression specifically from Bagley there. And that would have been the main thing, but yeah, I don't know. And that's what makes you confident moving forward, but no Bagley and, you know, Fox, I think that injury did obviously uh, slow him down a little bit and coming back from that, it's a little hard to see how you, have more than an eight seed that you're looking at here and I mean is the only answer if you are thinking that something needs to change is it just you have to go younger I mean I I yes that is I mean I think so looking at like the options that is like kind of the only option you don't have any cap space you have your pick, which is probably not going to be like super elite, and it's probably not a super elite draft class. I don't really know. And I mean, looking at the other teams in the West, like you were right in your preseason prediction that the number of wins needed to make the playoffs would go down significantly. We think, we think like Memphis maybe wins, I don't know, 43 games maybe, um, and gets the eighth seed. But yeah, I don't know. So say the best case scenario happens, like who are they overtaking? Like are they really overtaking uh, you know, Portland? Are they really overtaking San Antonio, Phoenix? Are they Golden really Golden State's over- also jumping up next year. Right. So maybe Memphis gets pushed out, you know? I mean, like that's the type of thing. They might have to be better than Memphis next year and I don't I personally don't see that as super likely. Memphis is going to get better. I mean, they're super young. Sure. So, I mean, who are the eight, who are the eight are falling out next year to to make way for the Warriors? Right. Um, I mean, yeah, like, no, yeah. you're right. It's Memphis, and then Sacramento is just on the outside looking in. I mean, we've kind of mentioned. I mean, it's it's way more likely they're the worst team in the West than the eight seed. So, isn't that a situation where you? need to consider not a rebuild I would say because I don't think that the core pieces would be leaving but would you not have to consider a significant retool you would so what do you consider the core pieces Fox and Bagley is it safe to say Bagley yep I mean that's the those are the core pieces that's number one and number two and I think it's a really significant fall off to number three Okay. Yeah, I would totally agree. And then, I mean, you have to look at like, what are your positive assets? And the two main ones you're really looking at are like Buddy Bogey, right? Barnes is not going to be that much of a positive. You could get a little bit for like a Bielitsa, um, but you're really talking Buddy and Bogey here, no? I think that is where it starts. And I think the way that I would put this, I'd frame this conversation is to say, to say to you, you know, you're taking over, all right? So in whatever whatever alternate reality we have here, you're now the GM of the Sacramento Kings because it's not going to happen under Vlade. 
Bonnie is not – he doesn't have, like, a rebuild in him. Like, he's – this is he, his core. Like, we know that, right? Yeah, he bet on these guys. Right. This is his squad, and he and I think he probably will get another chance another year, and that's probably it. If it, if it doesn't work, that's probably it. But let's say this was a new GM. Let's say you're in charge. And, and like you mentioned, you probably have to go younger to get better. How are you going about that? Well, I think I would give them uh, next year, you know, at least till the deadline, like you were kind of saying, I think it takes a little bit of time to implement your system. And I guess you can throw a little bit of on injuries. So I probably would give them like one more year, but it would also take you that time, you know, to decide this buddy or bogey. You can't do it until next season. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's deciding between those guys, you know, and I think if, if buddy is, uh, so the comment didn't come from him. I feel like I have to say this every time, but the whole, you know, could potentially request a trade if he's not going to be starting again and things like that keep popping up for buddy. Then you start to lean him almost him leaving also because bogey feels like a better fit with what you want with what Walton is doing like in you know you can blame this on Walton but I personally am just leaning bogey over buddy as a player all around so I guess you try to look at what sort of draft compensation and we explored this last episode you're not getting back something great for buddy we said you know even a little bit outside of the lottery is kind of what we were looking at but next year's draft class is supposed to be better and I guess you just kind of start retooling that way and you have to get some of those draft picks. So the first thing I'm doing is next, um, next deadline. I'm sort of looking at, I'm definitely moving on from Bielitsa if he's going to have value at that point. And then I'm shopping buddy as well. I don't know that it can really work at that point. It's, it's really hard to trade a player who's making like $24 million at the trade deadline. I mean, you can take back expirings, but I wonder if – I mean, isn't that just another lost year? Like, you're kind of setting yourself up to fail. If we, if you and I both don't think that this team's going to take a significant leap and a leap that would put them in the playoffs, like, wouldn't it be better to just pull the plug, you know, at the end of this season? Um, yeah, that makes sense. Like you said, there's not – often you see those big contract moves at deadlines and yeah, I mean, this off season does have a low uh, pool of talent. So if some teams really looking to upgrade, buddy could be one of the better options out there. Uh, and you were still talking about like buddy specifically for this. Um, I mean, buddy bogey who we assume will get a similar contract and, and Harrison Barnes, if, if you can move him as well, I think they're kind of in that group. Yeah. Yeah. And then my issue with the Barnes thing is I don't know how positive of an asset he's looked at. I think he kind of has somewhat neutral value there. Um, and yeah, buddy, I mean, you can try to sell even though he's going to be making a lot. I mean, you're talking 26, 24 million. It is a lot, but I, I think that, hmm, I don't know. Do you think that's a positive asset or does that become neutral at that point? Buddy or Barnes? Buddy. Uh, I think, I mean, if you pay him properly, then it, it becomes neutral. And I think that's kind of what we, what we know. I mean, it's a slight positive, but it's like, it's a situational positive, right? Where it's, if there's a team out there that has better use for that 
that allotted salary, right. then it's, you know, then it can be a positive move. Um, like, I don't know, like the, the one that I mentioned last week, uh, the Mavericks with Tim Hardaway Jr. It's like, that's an upgrade. So of course they would, they would offer an asset for that. I would think. Right. Um, so, I mean, who do you think? Okay. And then, I think, right, that he has a greater value than Barnes. And then between him and Bogdanovich, I mean, Bogdanovich is going to get that extension this offseason. So we it, that wouldn't even be until deadline that you're looking at him. Um, and, like, you have the point of those deadline moves not being the most common. Then that's another offseason that you're potentially waiting till. Um, so, yeah, I think you kind of are forced to look at some buddy situations in regards to getting back you could get some somewhat young talent, but I, hmm, I, I think that, yeah, I mean, you want to look at draft because there's a chance that you hit on one of these team draft picks in what's supposed to be a lot better class uh, next year as well. Yeah, why not do both? Why not trade Bogey in, buddy? If I mean, if this is if this is the route, I know yeah. it's like a really grim route to say that this team that was so exciting last year, you know doesn't have it doesn't have it to make that jump um and it, again it's it's on the context like this is this can be a fun team it can be an interesting team but like i don't know any kings fan who like truly in their heart believes we are better we are better than the the other than eight other teams in the west seven other teams in the west whatever like this this what this west is tough and bagley's not going to suddenly become like this this huge leap if he's hurt all the time. I mean, it's possible. Right. I mean, I, I guess it's possible, but like, is that, I don't know anyone who'd be stoked to just like, all right, we're going to run it back next year. Pretty much the same squad. We'll, we'll run it back next season. I don't see why there's really reason to believe that that's going to be awesome. And I think if, if you don't want to do that, then you probably should go kind of all in and, and and move Bogey and Buddy and try to move Barnes too. I know that's like a really tall order, but that would probably be the way to retool is you you take the timeline and you move it from this group of 28-year-olds, those three are all 28 years old or will be in the offseason, and you try to move that down to like the 21-year-old type window you have with Fox and Bagley. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think that is definitely what you kind of need to be looking towards. And even if you're getting late draft picks for these guys, you know, you can combine those and move up or you just get a nice pool of talent. And by the way, the very first thing I would be doing if I got the GM job tomorrow is I'm debating starting Justin James for the rest of the year. Like that's the one young guy that you can get run right now. Hell yes. And you know what's like absolutely definitely 100% not going to happen? That. Like there's any minutes. There's no way that's gonna happen. Like this is this is what's going on is like Vlade is in this situation where he's gotta prove that his guys can win some games and, and you know they gotta kinda of pull up out of the tailspin. They're not gonna they're not going to develop young talent while they potentially risk losing games, which is And it's what, funny because fans would enjoy that too. Would, like people would, would get so attached it. to Justin James. They would fucking love it. The, the, God damn it. You'd probably win more games than the 20 minutes of Anthony Tolliver we see every goddamn night, and the fans would love it. Everyone would love it. I'm sorry. they would. It's such the obvious right move to make, and it so is not going to happen. 
like if Justin James played you some nice run this whole year, ended up like a 15 minute per game guy, and they had the option of Harry Giles still moving forward, and he would, in those two, were like somewhat pieces, mainly talking about the Giles thing, along with Fox and Bagley, do you kind of look at this differently? Absolutely. If Harry Giles, like I know they're not core pieces, but if, if you had Harry Giles and Justin James that were both like turning into rotation play, like that you felt like, all right, these guys, they are legit rotation players and we have them under our team it, control. It, going it, rotation like sixth to eighth man sort of thing. Yeah, like, okay. like contributors, right? They're right. Not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that they need to be superstars. I'm not yeah. saying they need to be, like, scoring even 10 points a game. But, like, in the mix to the point where you feel like they are better, significantly better than Bazemore and Tolliver. Like, that's, I think that's kind of the line. Like, okay, well, next year we got Bazemore and Tolliver. We got Bazemore and Jabari Parker. Like, you – you could just have like these young guys that you brought up in your system that actually are young and actually do have upside. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I think that it, at very least you have more things to look forward to. Like one of them could just take a massive most improved jump. You know, that's the thing with young players at any point, they could just have a big jump in development. Like we saw it from Fox. I mean, it's only year two, um, but you know, there's guys you can take flyers on. I mean, even like they're in a situation where they have so many holes and like just ways that they could use improvement that you have a Rashawn Holmes where they didn't even really do anything to make Rashawn Holmes that good, except actually be a place where he could get minutes. Right. And I'm not saying that it's like, it would be the difference necessarily between me saying, you know, they can, they, they probably won't be an eight seed and they will be an eight seed, but it would at least it would really significantly help. And like, because we're so close to that line it'd be fun too. Yeah. It would be fun. To, I'd be on the side of the team more and I'd be more confident in their future decisions based on these past decisions, which they have, they have messed up. They've messed these up. Yeah. I mean, it's uh it's hard to deny that. And so, I mean, does it feel like that's all it is that that's as far as like, you, you pretty much just try to send everything you can out for young pieces and talking mainly buddy bogey. Um, I, yeah, I just want to kind of talk through it. I mean, what, what would you do if this was, if this was the decision and we went through this a lot with buddy on the last episode or a couple of episodes ago, we went through what buddy you could maybe get for. Say you got, say you got uh pick whatever 18 for, for buddy, uh, and you got off that contract and you got pick 18, that feels pretty reasonable if you're deciding to retool or quote-unquote rebuild. Um, if that was done, let's assume that's the best that you can do there. Would you would you do a Malcolm Brogdon trade for Bogdanovich? So essentially you, you could do the exact like opposite of what, the Bucks did, or you could do, I mean, you could do what the Bucks did. In oh, the you don't mean a swap. You mean a sign and trade sign and trade. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Um, yeah. And then what, like, you know, for Brogdon, they got back Indiana's second. So again, it's another one of that or they, Indiana's first, Indiana's sorry. First and the fall in the second and their second in the following year. So, I mean, and I'm saying like literally one-to-one, you, we get those and you get bogey. Yeah. Um, hmm. 
I, and, and that's this off season. So like we're talking about the upcoming draft, right? Not the one after. Yeah, I'm just using this as a place to start okay. the conversation where I could I think you could say that he and, and Brogdon have similar ish value. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um Brogdon possibly even had a higher value for a little while, um, considering the stage he was on and defense that he plays at times. Um, but yeah, I mean I think you really have to consider doing that. I think that I could talk myself into into those being correct decisions so and then Barnes like what if you could get like a really high second rounder for Barnes is that a crazy crazy place to start um I mean I think it's good to have Barnes around if that's all that you're getting for him I I know he's got a little bit of salary to him but if you're going young you're really not investing a lot of money into the young guys that you're necessarily going towards Mm mm-hmm no, I understand that for sure. Um, is he kind of? Isn't it kind of just like? I mean, what's the advantage exactly? Say you're say you really have you've done these other two moves. You've traded, say you traded Buddy and Bogey, and you ended up with like, you know, pick nine twenty or something like that. At that point, why have Giles? I mean, sorry, why, <laughs> why have why have Barnes? Yeah. Um. Well, I, I mean, I think that just to have a chance to be somewhat competitive in some games, which I know is not exactly what you're hoping, but is still going to be part of the developmental process for these young guys by having a guy that sort of can guard these threes and just be a cog in everything and kind of be a vet on this team. That's just going to do things the right way. I think Barnes is a super fundamentally solid and sound player that I think that he could be helpful that, I mean, if right now you're dumping three years for a late second, then, I mean, I'm kind of okay with it because it is a lot of money as well. And then, you know, you could do the whole route of overpaying for some guy that might not be worth it but has upside and you hope it pays off a little bit. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you're getting out of the money right now, then probably. But I think that he could have um, just – a little bit of a veteran presence and help everything work a little bit smoother if you were to stick around. Are you currently paying off student debt? Interested in improving your financial literacy or looking for new ways to earn income in today's ever-changing digital landscape? Well, on the Talk Money with Mesh Lakani podcast, Mesh will follow paper trails, chat with experts, and break down complex ideas to bring clarity to the mystical financial phenomena. Each episode will be filled with compelling stories covering a broad range of subjects, from buying Bitcoin, dealing with student debt, and everything in between. Listen to Talk Money with Mesh Lakani on Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and learn how to spend, invest, and earn for today's economy. This might be an incredibly hot take, but I'm not convinced that I would rather have Harrison Barnes than Justin James in that scenario. Like I, I'm not saying Justin James would help you win more games, but if that's not really the point, then I don't know. I mean, well, I think you could play both. I think that's the other thing of Barnes is that he could play three, four, you know? Sure. I just don't know. I mean, you could, if you moved buddy and Barnes, you would have like 50 million in cap space. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, that's definitely a big plus. You go out, maybe, you know, all of a sudden if there's a Brandon Ingram type guy on the market or something. So, I mean, yeah, it definitely yeah. doesn't hurt to have that money. I don't know. I, I mean, and you could, maybe this isn't the, you don't want to go out and max someone who is not going to take you to that next level, but, and this is all deep hypothetical. I just want to have this conversation. I think it, I think it is worth having when we talk about this group maybe not being good enough. And maybe this is all moot. Maybe they are good enough. Maybe Fox takes another completely unexpected leap and maybe Bagley maybe the takes... young number 10 pick has a big impact sure sure it's all possible um but maybe you yeah maybe you don't and and maybe you you let the elite go or you move him maybe you let Corey joseph go like any combination of these guys and then maybe you do end up with 50 50 million in space and then would you just would you be open to the idea of this is going to sound bad, but like kind of being like the Knicks where you just offer really, really big two year contracts with like team options on year two. So you, you kind of get the best of the rest of who's like laying around in the free agent pile, but you don't have commitments to them. Uh, yeah, somewhat. I mean, I'd try to outbid teams on their restricted free agents, really. Like, I'd look at, like, you know, Malik Beasley, like those sort of mm. fringe guys. I think it's more so what I would look at than, I mean, like, I get what you're saying with the Knicks thing, but when I think of them, I think of a little bit more of, they've done it the wrong way for sure with, like, these veteran guys that they're sort of going after. And I would be looking at restricted free agents and kind of outpricing, uh, some of the teams that are looking to keep them around, which can be really risky because you're betting on upside of these guys. But I mean, you kind of got to, you got to strike gold somewhere. Yeah. Um, Is there anyone that jumps out that would be worth targeting in free agency? Is this this off season? Yeah. I'm just, yeah. I, I mean, we could go to next. We know there's a ton in 2021, but I, again, like, I don't know if that's the ideal to wait that long. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking next season, like, I mean, the main main guy I think of is Brandon Ingram. And after that, it there's really not much. Like I mentioned, Malik Beasley, I think is decent. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind Malik Beasley, but Minnesota, that you're, that's, he's going to be way too much. Um, yeah, no, next offseason, there's really not much. So you just go full max on, on Ingram day one, and then the Pelicans match that. Right. I mean, that's probably how that probably. Out. Yeah, probably. Um, and I then, think this year is a little bit of a weird example, but yeah. That's why I'm thinking like you could kind of do the just like offer the Julius Randall contract to a bunch of guys maybe or something similar to that. Yeah. Yeah, I sort of get that. You know, if you're looking at like, uh, I mean, Montrez Harrell this offseason. Mm, okay. Um, is that kind of who you would picture here in this, like, um, who'd you say, Julius Randall type yeah. idea? There was, that was just kind of a guy who I thought, like, got a balloon payment where he's, like, you know, making $20 million, but he's not affecting their long-term money, I guess. Right. Right. Yeah, I see where you're coming from with that. Um, I'm trying to look through some of the other names and see if there's guys that, like, could potentially, you know, have a little bit of upside to them that you'd be paying over for. Yeah, it's funny. Like, like, yeah, Malik Beasley is a great name to throw out there. It's funny because like Harry Giles is probably on this list, right? 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he definitely is. Um, I mean, you, I like Fred Van Vliet doesn't really fit, but I think he's a type of guy. That's interesting. I mean, like, yeah, I, I it it may not be perfect, but well, that's also my thought is is it, if this draft is guard heavy, couldn't you couldn't you just you know, I mean, just have Fox and like draft a new guard? Uh, yeah, you totally could. Okay, you totally could. Yeah, um, there's not a ton of great names. You really need to list. go best player available draft wise. I mean, that would be freeing to do. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking myself out of this. Like maybe the other option doesn't feel ideal. I mean, with such a weak free agent class, I don't know. Yeah, uh, is this all crazy? No, I don't think so. I mean, like, like I said, I think I kind of would give them one more year as like annoying as that sounds. I think a 10th pick coming in, um, which you don't expect to have nice impact, but I mean, you could make it a little more (laughs) enjoyable and see some more future there. Um, And if you're, I mean, you are relying on Bagley being healthy and Fox progressing as well. Um, But yeah, again, you're kind of looking at that eighth seed down the line, you know, but that's, that's how they built this roster. That's where they screwed up. Like they got all these win now guys this off season because they haven't made the playoffs in 13 years. Like your win now in an ideal rebuild where, you know, obviously the final goal is a championship. You go win now once you're ready to win a championship, not win enough games to go 500. And that's kind of what Sacramento did here. They did kind of do that, although at the same time, like I, I give them a little credit for the way they they tried to do it, which was have them all like expire in accordance when the uh, the young players, the newer players, are getting paid. So like like all those guys would have been, even though two of the two of the four uh, have been traded, they all would have come off the books by the time that Fox and Bagley got fully paid. Um, like there, I see the logic in that where you're like, all right, we're not win now necessarily, but like we're, we want to add the best players we can without going over two guaranteed years. Yeah. I see. I saw the logic behind it for sure. I mean, I was excited headed into this year. I thought it was totally going to work. And yeah. but, I mean, the, the big difference, I mean, the X factor was always Bagley and he's just was supposed to be such a cornerstone moving forward. We were having debates of who is going to be a better player, De'Aaron Fox or Marvin Bagley, and that just feels ridiculous right now. Oh, it's a joke right now. I mean, would you trade? Would you trade Marvin Bagley? I mean, what if, what if there's that? What if you could get? I don't, I don't know. Pick eight for pick eight. No, not right now. I mean, you have to you have to try to play that guy and work him out a little bit, unless you have some sort of knowledge on some lingering medical stuff, which, I mean, I, I get it. He's had a lot of injuries. I Right now, I, I do not think it's the time to do that. So then then there's no other option. I mean, then that's it. Like, the, I mean, the, those are the options, right? Like, it's fire sale. Right. Or just ride it out and pray that good fortune blesses the Kings with the eight seed. And, I mean... I don't know. I, like, let's say even in the, the best, best case scenario, like everything goes well. Bagley takes a leap. Fox looks even better. I mean, 
what are we talking here? Even a couple of years from now, are we talking like a, is this a six seed team? I mean, this, is this ever going to be a contending team? Um, I mean, best case scenario, like these dudes do have crazy ceilings when you're talking Fox and Bagley. And then your best case scenario is going to involve you striking gold with, you know, the 10 pick or you jump up a couple spots, you end up with a top five pick and, despite a weak class, you find a guy that's going to be able to start for your team in the future. So like, I mean, I guess that they could get higher than that. Uh, But again, championship contender, I don't think so. Like, I mean, there's a lot of ifs that I just mentioned that would have to happen. And then they'd be more attractive to other people to come over and things like that. Um, More than likely not. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like we've kind of laid out, it doesn't seem like this offseason is an ideal time to do that. So I have a feeling we're going to be stuck sitting through another season of this unless Vivek gets real tired of it. Right. Um, yeah, man. I, uh, Would you rather be the Cavs that just fired John Beeline? I think that there's something really, like, beautiful about a fresh start. And I know it's not like uh, – it's not like <laughs> – that would speed. I think we're. But how many fresh there. starts before they're just not fresh anymore? Yeah, um, I don't know. I I think that I I guess Sacramento is there. I guess that's where they're at. Like you just can't you can't hit the reset on this because, it, like you said, the the free agent class is not good. The draft class is not good. It's not the time to do it, um, man. I guess I yeah. I think that. This is a good exercise, but I, I think that I've talked my way out of changing direction this off season. Um, I guess you just put it on Walton and, and Vlade, and you just say like, "All right, you guys, the talent's here." Like we, we well, both agree that, right? What do you mean the talent's like? We just we both just said this team pretty much will never become a contender. Well, so, right. Okay. But I meant for next year, you know, like for a, an eighth seed push, like, cause that's what we're realistically talking about. Man. Um, I guess so. I guess so. I'm just looking at these teams. Like LA is not going anywhere. Yeah. Denver, uh, the Clippers, Utah, Houston, Dallas. None of those teams are going anywhere. Maybe OKC lets enough guys go. Uh, then you have the Warriors kind of replacing them. So you're still at seven hope teams the kind of locked in. Better. And then you got to hope that you can get better. I mean, because this was the tier that we had them in before the season. In Memphis, well, it was, it was the Pelicans. It was all these young teams, right? Like Memphis, the Pelicans – we thought maybe Dallas was in this tier, but they pushed ahead. Um, you, if you can't stay on track with Memphis and the Pelicans, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're not you're not playing with the eight seed. You're not playing with the nine seed. Like you're in the bottom of the barrel. Right. Yeah. Um, it's just a it's a rough situation going on. I don't know what else how else to uh, really say this. I'm just. Uh, I'm praying on this draft pick. That's that's what I'm trying to find myself saying, you know, this could hit and this could really change everything. If Bagley gets a little healthy and Fox continues to progress, like 
I, I could start to feel good about watching the team. You know, I, I think that's a, a really big thing that needs to happen. It's just the fan base needs to feel good about the team, even if it's not a championship at the end. No, I agree. And I think that that was kind of where I'm coming from, where like I don't think that the fan base feels good about this plan. I don't think that they do. And I, I know that getting worse to get better is also really rough. But I think I might have more fun watching the team in a rebuild. Like, I don't know, if you gave me a handful of young guys that were actually going to play, I, I, I can't help but wonder if that wouldn't be more fun. I agree. Um, but I also wonder how that is to the majority of fans, like the casuals, because we're definitely not that. Like, you know, I think we can have a different sort of appreciation for the process. And I wonder how the casual fan feels about that. I, I do think there is, you know, they get attached to these young guys. And, I mean, it's not like casual fans are idiots or something. They understand what the idea is behind it. Um, but I, I wonder how how big of an effect that has. Yeah, I honestly don't know. Um, I mean, is it just wins that put people in seats? And if so, like, is – is 35 enough wins is 39 enough wins to right. do that is that really more something easier to sell than hey we got all these young draft picks i don't know yeah uh me either really and uh you know for if you're good to move on from this i have a final question that we can sort of end on here i am good to move on i will just say that i think that um i've come around to to what you're saying and to and to what I've said before, honestly, and I've and I've moved away from and been beaten down away from, which is that, yeah, that that I think that if the moves were made correctly at the time, like there were there are small things that could have been done, keeping Giles, uh, letting Justin James play, uh, and then maybe not, I don't know, maybe not changing a bunch of the staff, the training staff that may or may not have led to some of these injuries or may or may, you know, at least being honest and upfront and transparent about them. If there was better luck and better, smarter decisions made, maybe hiring a coach that had more of a coherent plan and, and maybe played with more pace, maybe don't fire Jaeger, maybe don't fire Pete Youngman. I mean, not fire. He didn't. It's a long list he, here. <laughs> he, he, he stepped away, but maybe retain like the really good quality pieces in your staff and, and retain Harry Giles and, I mean, like, it just seems like the, if, the, if you're right, that if all those things had been done, those kind of like obvious choices, if those choices had been made the right way, then I think I would really be on board to like at least roll the dice and be like, hey, we could be an eight seed. So let's go see what we've got next year against Memphis and New Orleans. Yeah. And then those teams like, by the way, there's teams like Portland that are just sitting there that like, they went to the damn Western Conference. They should finals. be better, right? Like, and they they are injured. Like, they, yeah, they should be the eighth seed, and like Memphis and New Orleans and Sacramento should be, and and the new look Timberwolves should be fighting for like best, like best non playoff team. So I don't know. I I think it's real trouble, and I think it's gonna be really hard to sit through and watch this team like have a huge upward battle, uphill battle, trying to even get anywhere near the playoffs. 
The King's Pulse podcast is recorded and hosted on Anchor. It is the easiest way to make a podcast, and it is 100% free. It gives you everything you need to record, edit all of it so it sounds smooth and professional, and upload it all from your phone and or your computer. They distribute your podcast to every major platform. They give you an opportunity to make some money in the process as well. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yeah, I am uh, I'm on board with you there and see where you're coming from with that. And the way I'm going to get us to this next thing, the, the initial question for you, Rich, what, how do you feel about James Harden? Just general. Just how do you feel when you witness James Harden? Um, I don't care for it, but I respect it. How do you feel about the look of James Harden? Like, man, we're the facial hair here. How do you feel about that? Oh, perfection. Okay. I was wondering, is this like an influence? I I want, so like James Harden, part of his image is his beard. This is starting to happen for you. Like it already has for sure. Right. You said people come up to you and recognize you by the beard, right? Yeah, it's been, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, just in my life in general. Uh, so that's where I'm saying, has this always been a thing? Have you always just been this bearded figure? I mean, I was not born with a beard. Um, oh, wow. Okay. I know. I actually, the beard came a little bit later. I didn't know that I could grow a beard until I was like 25. And then just I like, still have hope didn't take great care of like myself for a few weeks. And then I was like, Oh shit, I have a beard. Okay. And then just decided, you know, we're going to get, we're just going to let it go real far. Like there's a lot of maintenance to that. No, like to keep it growing in the same direction. You just have like oil all over you in the morning. I appreciate that. We've made it to the, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, the self care portion of this podcast, by the way, shouts out to De'Aaron Fox for having, <laughs> dental pics in his instagram story that was so funny when you sent me that i love that dude i was That's desperately looking for q-tips on the calendar um yeah so you want to know about the process like i don't know it's not that wonderful i think it's uh i i don't know i i have a big beard it's definitely my thing people definitely respect it i'll say my life changed for the better when i grew a beard and i haven't looked back i had the same beard i mean not the same beard I mean, it's the same beard. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Uh, <laughs> I've I've had about the same length of beard for like, like seven years. Is there ever a thought of like you wake up and you're like, you know, I might cut it today? No, never, never. In fact, I dream. I, by the way, I haven't had it for seven years. I, I think I've had it for like five years. But no, I have nightmares. No. I, I had it for like seven years. Sorry. I've just got a, I'm 31. I think I grew it at 24 and I've had it ever since. Um, no, I have nightmares a lot that I wake up and my beard has been cut off <laughs> and that's not a joke. It doesn't sound like a joke. That is, that is absolutely hilarious. And obviously, you know, your, your wife fully approves of the beard. Yeah. She'd leave me for sure. If I cut it. Oh, really? Sure. Really? I so. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Like many bearded men, I'm hiding a double chin underneath. The- <laughs> <laughs> there I, you go. I guess Harden may be doing that too. Yeah. Yeah. It would, uh, yeah, yeah. It seems like he has a very pointed chin. If I remember from OKC. 
I'm really impressed with his beard. It, yeah, I've seen the baby face pictures of Harden don't look great. Yeah. It's really impressive, though. Like, that thing is, like, it's shaped really well. My shit's, like, pretty scraggly. Like, it looks good from at least a few feet away. I But I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one who looks at it this closely, but it feels a little bit untamable. I do have oils and what all. I don't. All right, let me let you in on this. <laughs> I think it might be like discontinued and I'm very sad about it, but there's a specific brand of beard oil that I use called Suavecito and they shout have out Suavecito sponsor. Shout out Suavecito. Come on here, you and Wiener Schnitzel. I just want Wiener Schnitzel <laughs> and Suavecito. Uh, and they have a specific uh, fragrance that is saffron and it's like actually very feminine. Uh, it's like, it's like, you know how you get like all those beard scents or like any man scent is like whiskey and like sandalwood and like like dirt. Yeah, it is. It's like very (laughs) grimy. Right. Uh, and this one's very flowery and very like feminine, but it's, it's like very cologne, like very perfumey. And, uh, yeah, that's my jam. And you got to like condition that thing and you know, the whole thing in the shower. You have to, right? And I moved to Stockton recently and the water pressure is different and it's really messing with it where it, it's not, I don't know. Penetrate the outer layer of the beard. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> it's not as soft as it used to be. And I, it definitely freaks me out. All right. Well, uh, you know, I, I think <laughs> that's going to be enough here. No, tell me about your, what, give me a personal account of your personal hygiene. What a what part of my personal hygiene are we talking about here? I have no facial hair. I just uh I just shaved my head pretty much. Not really oh, shaved, yeah. but yeah, no, I, my hair grows fast, and I just cut it to a fairly short length and just let it go for a while and get it cleaned up every once in a while. But so I always just have this long process of just leaving it, and it gets fairly long. Um, and then when I finally cut it, I'm like, just the wind feels so good on my scalp. It's just brand new. I've been all about that the last two days since I cut my hair. That's like the peak of my personal hygiene life right now. Yeah. I mean, that's the equivalent. I, I have face hair and no head hair. So, I mean, if you've got the opposite, tell me more about it. Right. Are you, are you like, do you use a guard and just like buzz it? For my head? No, 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 no. I just go to like a barber. And just basically be like, give me the give me something short. Yeah, I go to some like basic ass, you know, great clips too. And I'm just like, you know, we're gonna do a little three on the side, five on top, just use the trimmers exactly like that and get me out of here. Yeah, I mean that's uh I think that's pretty standard, three and a five. That's pretty standard. Yeah, it's a little short, you know. But it's it is what it is. Do you have to? Uh, so my dad is bald, and I totally make fun of Mister Clean all the time. Are you bald? Is it bald, or is there um, like double? I would I would call myself bald. I call myself bald, but it's not um, like it's not. Uh, people disagree with me. Um, it's like a very I have a very high hairline, uh, and I never I never figured my hair out. Like what you're saying, kind of you know. Like I would just do that and it never looked good. And like, I'm a heavier guy. And so 
like the beard and no hair combo kind of works with my head shape and body shape. So I'm not bald. Like if I don't, I have to cut my head hair uh, every couple of days, like shave it. Okay. And do you have to like, you got to put sunscreen on, on your head? No, I have not done that. Okay. Okay. So I feel like that's like what makes you bald. My dad also just gets super red really easily. So he'd just be walking around looking like, like a cherry or like a nipple. Mm, wait, like a nibble? A nipple. You oh. know. <laughs> a nibble. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, you know. So yeah, I feel like you haven't put sunscreen on your head, you're not like bald. Do you shave your face? <laughs> I do. Okay. So you do it, okay, do you do is it regular? Uh yeah, it, it grows. It grows pretty well. I actually have a red beard somewhat, which is interesting. That's actually a really rad look. Yeah, it's interesting. It's just I'm uh, 22. It's still very patchy. <laughs> so like you, but you do you like, a, are you an every morning face shaver? No, not really. I let it go a little bit. Um, I'll probably do it like twice a week. Yeah, no, that's, uh, we got the, we got a mix and match here. Uh, that's, that's where I'm at with my head. But uh, <laughs> man, this has been enthralling. It's honestly much better. Probably more entertaining. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it really is. So, but yeah, that is going to do it. You got anything else here, man? Any others? What's like the latest pizza here? Did you see the, the little thing I tweeted out? I tried to look up all these weird pizzas. I found your pickle pizza and then I found a, uh, what was it? A peeps pizza, which was just absolutely terrible. I don't know if you like, do you only find terrible ones that like might, you might be somewhat interested in, or is it just like, what the hell is this? I'll take any, any picture of any weird pizza. Um, okay i'm pretty on board for it it was like a chicken nugget pizza which was literally just like marinara sauce and they put chicken nuggets in that's honestly that's too that's too like that's too sane for me that's just chicken pizza that's a thing everybody picked that one by the way apparently that looked more appealing than the pickles or the peeps of course i mean that's a regular pizza i just sent you a tweet uh in the chat here. Why don't you click that? Tell me what you think about that. It's about to be a lot of pizza. Skittles, fries, <laughs> and barbecue sauce. The fries sound really good. The Skittles are uh, turning me off a little bit here. So I'm a little worried how you got this picture so fast. Like, <laughs> is this saved on your desktop? I mean, yeah, I have like a book bookmarks of like some weird pizzas. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. By the way, Skittles, like the grape flavor is just terrible. Everything else is so good, but grape flavoring in candies is so bad. I love grapes. Grape flavoring is terrible. Mm, strong disagree. Strong disagree. Do you like a, a lime or green apple preference? I know they did that with Skittles and that that like they, they made that switch. And I, I think a lot of people didn't appreciate it. They made, they like, switch the flavors and the colors it was lime forever and then they they made it green apple which i think is is like further from lemon but is also an atrocity to do interesting see i didn't even i wasn't woke enough when they did this yeah it may have been i don't know maybe it was it was long enough ago that most people have forgotten it but 
Huh. Yeah, I definitely, when I was younger, used to bite half of a yellow and half of a green and put them together and think I was making lemon lime. So if I was making green apple and lemon, I'd be pretty mad. If this was when you were a kid, I'm sure it was. It was, this was yesterday. <laughs> then yeah, that's, <laughs> that's green apple, man. Man, I've been lied to. This just got disappointing. I was so optimistic in getting my beard feedback and about to go get this Sabacito right after this you definitely should do that um uh i retweeted the the skittles pizza by the way so look keep an eye out for that twitter fam um there's another one here that i see that's just it's like what (laughs) you did but it's like it's fries but then like also just mcdonald's burgers like on it's just like a piece of circular dough with sauce and like mcdonald's burgers yeah, it's pretty gross. Yeah. Think uh I think that's gonna do it for this King's Pulse episode. You know, I, I think that we've gone far enough at this point. Yeah, this far no further. Oh, uh all right. I'll just uh why don't I'll sign into the <laughs> King's Pulse account later and just just go on a mad dash of pizza tweets. Sounds good. Sounds good. And everyone listening, you will know why. It is my fault. All right. Well, thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of the King's Pulse podcast. And you'll hear from us again in the next couple of days. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters, the more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.